This is Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. Thank you for joining us today. Elaine, we have a really serious and sad topic today, Ukraine. And this has really taken a toll on the people of Ukraine, toll on the people of Europe, and quite frankly, a toll on, on everyone throughout the world. It's so such a tragedy uh, watching this full-scale invasion unfold before our eyes. Uh, Russia, Putin, Putin specifically leading Russia into Ukraine, attacking innocent people in an independent country. And it is just really unnerving, I think, for all of us. And we've all seen the images of men, women, and children um, hunker down uh, underground in key cities of Ukraine, um, bombs dropping on them. And this is just wholesale aggression by a madman, a mad dictator, and the world is watching, and Ukrainians are heroically fighting against Russia, and they've slowed Russia's progress, but it, it is really difficult for them uh, uh, to fight against such a large country. Um, I think 150,000 troops were staged uh, at uh, various areas surrounding Ukraine. And now, of course, this has brought in uh, NATO sending uh, more supplies to Ukrainians, and this has really put the world on edge. And I think for all of us, um, we don't have to go into every single detail, but there are different details that you know we we can cite. But I think the overall is just this sense of the world is at the brink right now, and it's scary. And Elaine, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Bill, this is not the first time we have seen invasion of one country over another or refugees fleeing a war zone. This is something that has been the backdrop of our existence for, I don't know, since I was a young child uh, when we were first fighting in Vietnam. The difference this time is that boundaries were established by an independent government. And Ukraine itself is its own government under its own republic. It's, it's a semi-parliamentarian, semi-presidential system that has a legislative, executive, and a judicial branch. It is not Russia. They were part of the Soviet empire and became part of the USSR when it was established in 1922 after the Russian Revolution, and in 1991 with the dissolution of the Soviet Union, which was a conglomerate of states, it became its own nation. And the territory of modern Ukraine has been inhabited since before Christ, 32,000 years before Christ. And the people of Ukraine are a very proud people. I, um, my own heritage is Eastern European, Lithuanian specifically. My husband's uh, family by marriage is Ukrainian and his nephews are half Ukrainian and visit Ukraine and speak Ukrainian. So I do know a little bit about the nation and I do know a little bit about that area of the world. About 15 years ago, I traveled to St. Petersburg and uh, Poland and Estonia. And I've always kept my eye on that area of the world due to my heritage and um, knowing people who, uh, you know, are very connected to that area. What I don't understand 
is why Vladimir Putin has decided, like you said, he's a madman, to invade another country. And that's what's completely different in that this is a territory with an independent, democratically elected government. What is fascinating is how the world has responded. They didn't respond with this intensity on a number of the other conflicts around the world. And that's where I want to go with the soulful approach is when do we as a people, as a united group around the world say enough? Right, right, right. And I think and I think that's a good good transition there into how the world has reacted. And you see protests breaking out across the globe. You see demonstrations across the globe. You see people standing up for Ukraine, flying the Ukrainian flag. You see city halls bathed in the color, colors of the Lithuanian flag, the yellow and the blue. And, and beyond that, you see what really needs to be done severe, severe sanctions. And you're, we're, we are sanctioning, the Western countries are sanctioning the bank accounts, sanctioning the oligarchs, sanctioning and hitting Russia hard. And I really believe that we need to continue to do that. And I think we need to, these oligarchs to have these $200 million lot yachts sitting in Europe, we need to seize them and sell them and give the money to the Ukrainians. And I think we need to take specific action. Now, I sound really agitated because I am. And so that is part of our discussion too, though, how do we get back to a soulful approach? But I also think a very firm and 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 punishing approach on Russia. And I think we need to do everything we can. You know, Russia has a series of, of gas stations in the United States, uh, Luck Oil or Luke Oil, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, L-U-K-O-I-L. And you know what? Don't go there. And you know what? Don't buy Russian imports and don't buy anything Russian. And you know what? We should take their vodka and pour it out into the streets. And we should should do everything in our power to make it clear. And I'm, and I'm so proud of countries in Europe that are saying, you know what? Our soccer teams are not going to play against Russia. And you know what? Your athletes and your performers are no longer welcome here. And, you know, send a clear message that this is intolerable. And, you know, you look, you look at people, though, in another manner, the very prayerful, the very spiritual. And I think that's another part of it. You know, I have that little bit, and you can tell from the edge, a a bit of anger. And I think a lot of us do. But there's also a prayerful side to me that is praying for Ukraine, that has taken the time to pray. I know Pope Francis has asked that Wednesday, uh, Ash Wednesday, be a day to pray for the people of Ukraine, to pray for peace. And And he's asking all people, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, whatever, um, to fast, to pray. And, you know, we'll see where, where this all goes. But, you know, we're, Putin today heightened it by saying that nuclear deterrence is a possibility. So, so how, how do you feel, you know, Elaine, about where we're now going and where, where do you think we are going with this? Well, I'll tell you one of the differences is, is in the current and the m- most recent past president, of Vladimir Zelensky and the previous president, uh, Petro uh, Poroshenko, Poroshenko is his name, President Poroshenko and President Zelensky. And Zelensky, who 
is a fascinating background. He his first language is Russian. His, he speaks Ukrainian, Russian, and English as a lawyer, but he's also a media person. He was a um, an actor, owned a production company, and he knows how to message, and he stood. And we have not seen a leader like stand their ground and say in, in, in the most recent conflicts, I am staying here. You've also seen the former president who Zelensky defeated in the last election, President Poroshenko out on the streets giving interviews. I heard him praise President Biden and the West for what they are doing. So you have the most recent presidents standing there. Now one defeated the other, doesn't sound like uh, what we currently have in the United States, supporting each other and supporting the Ukrainian people. And that they have stood has brought hope and spirit to the Ukrainian people who have decided to stay and fight. When you get to the kind of the prayerful approach, we are powerless in our homes, in our environments where we don't have relatives, immediate relatives in Ukraine. I do not, you do not. But what we do have is the power of prayer. And I was on uh, Facebook in a, in a group talking about the statue of Archangel Michael, of St. Michael, Catholics call him St. Michael. And Ukraine, Ukraine is Eastern Orthodox. But St. Michael, Archangel Michael, is the patron angel of Ukraine. I don't know if you knew that. And there's a statue of him. And they celebrate Michael's day in Ukraine on the uh, um, Western calendar as being November 21st. So the Ukrainian people are a very spiritual people. And if you go to a soulful and prayerful approach, that is the one thing we can do. And that's the one thing I am doing. Uh, there was a prayer group last night uh, that I participated in and that everyone was asked to be in their home. I think everybody should pray and visualize the Ukrainians beating back the Russians. I know it sounds trite. I know it sounds simple, but something bigger is going on here. And in a way, it's exciting to see the world rally and they are rallying in prayer. My heart breaks for the people who are suffering in Ukraine, the people, the children, the elderly, the animals, the hardship, the destruction of property, the destruction of lives. What we can do is lift them up with the power of prayer and not lose sight and call on the Archangel Michael and any other patron saint to come to Ukrainians' aid. Yes, yeah, I think that is just so crucial and so important at this time. And we 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 have to keep our prayers uh, going. Uh, you know, if there are protests in our city, maybe it's time to join one of those and carry carry the flag of Ukraine. And I think we should do all we can do to be supportive. I'm sure there are charitable organizations that will be rushing aid there. Mm -hmm. um, I know all kinds of uh, Western nations are going to be sending aid to Poland. I think the U.S. Senate is going to take that up this week. And I think we really need, and I think what we're seeing is, though, I think you, you really hit on something here. 
the world is coming together to face evil. And I'm really hoping that we get through this safely because I, I really feel that perhaps maybe this is all happening to prevent a greater harm down the road. Maybe we need to take a stand now. Maybe it's time to uh, rush NATO troops in to all of the Baltic states. And maybe we need to expand NATO. I don't believe that Sweden is a member of NATO right now. And I think we need to maybe expand it to protect those countries. And I think we are going to have to ratchet it up and we're going to have to have troops in place. Uh, we pray for peace, but I think we also need to put some troops in place to ensure peace and to protect Europe, especially if Russia prevails and takes over Ukraine. And we hope that it does not. But if it does, um, you know, th there are going to be Russian soldiers right on the border with Poland and other uh, NATO countries, and it's going to be a very dangerous situation. It already is. So on the spiritual side, I think we have a lot to pray for. And any last thoughts, Elaine, on this? Well, my thoughts are these, Bill. I think that uh, it's time we give up this flirtation with autocracy that we've had in this country for the last several years, and this idea that we have to stand up for democracy. There's been a complacency, in, especially in our nation, in this flirtation with white supremacy, which comes out of the uh, white uh, supremacist dark side of white Europe, uh, driven by the Russians in order to dis disrupt and divide America. And we've uh, been entertained by a, a game show host for the last several years who was in the Oval Office. And it, this is serious business. This is people dying. This is about taking over people's lives. And I am glad in one sense that those who think that strong men and autocracy is such a wonderful way in which we should go are now looking at this. And we have to decide as a people in this country if we're standing up for democracy. And those are my last words on this episode. Bill, this is going to be going on for a while. We're going to see this rise, I think, in some other countries. And I think that we as a people are going to have an opportunity to say, which side are we on? And that is going to your heart and going to your soul. That's right. Well, I uh, want to thank everyone for joining us again today. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. And you have a wonderful day and pray for Ukraine.